17th rebound for DeAndre Ayton. Bridges out to Crowder. Crowder for three. Bang! Jay Crowder from downtown. Six players in double figures. What a terrific team effort. And this series is tied at two, game apiece, two games apiece. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Dave Sherapan and uh, Chris Ranji. I couldn't remember my name for a minute. Uh, we're in for Joe Ostrowski today on BetQL Daily. Uh, we are with you for, well, this is the final hour of the show. We appreciate you being with us here on the um, Odyssey app, which is free. You can listen in. You can also watch us on YouTube and around the country in Chicago, L.A., and Denver. You can catch us on the radio. We are joined now by Drew Dinsick who is a co-host of uh, Bet the Edge and Deep Dive NBC Sports Edge. You can uh, see his content, you can read his content, and you can hear it there as well. Again, follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Drew, how you doing? Thanks for being with us today. Oh, I'm doing tremendously well. It's a very exciting time in the sports betting landscape with uh, the NBA playoffs going on, NHL playoffs going on. French Open uh, in full swing right now, and uh, and then some fun stuff coming up this weekend with the Belmont. So it's a is a really uh, a, it's it's kind of crazy almost how much is yeah. is, uh, is happening. <laughs> and I, and I know I know before we get into the NBA stuff, and there's a lot to talk about tonight. Um, but you were taking great pleasure in the misery of Maple Leafs fans last night. That wasn't really fair, almost. Uh, I don't understand how they keep doing this. I really don't. I, If you had told me this, that was how it was going to play out, I wouldn't have believed you before the series. And it's, they just they find new ways to make their uh, their very, very passionate fan base miserable. I, it's, it's amazing to see. Um, you know, you have to feel for them. I, I really I can't believe it. So, Drew, what's up, man? It's Dave. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you. I always, obviously, you know, see the content. You always got the shot set up perfect. The hair flow is out of control now. It's just you become this superstar. And and they told me you were going to be on the show. So I was like, all right, so what am I going to ask Drew about? Because, you know, we talk in text, whatever. So before we get to the NBA, I got to ask you, you know, obviously the French open and Osaka being told, you know, she's, she's, she's not in it anymore. Like, does that obviously affect the way you look at everyone? Uh, Cause the prices have to be adjusted immediately, but like who's live now that wasn't before that news. Yeah. The, uh, that was in, that wasn't crazy because Osaka is probably the, after Serena Williams, she's the most recognizable face on the women's tour. Um, so for her to, number one, come out and say, hey, I'm not going to do media um, because it's not good for my mental health. And, the, and for the French Open to then turn around and say, oh, no, you're going to be fine then. And if you do it again, we're going to throw you out. And then she decides to withdraw on that basis. It was a that's a very weird you know, power struggle going on between, you know, one of the more important piece, you know, one of the more important players uh, across all of your sport. And then this premier tournament. And I get in general, why she took that stance. She's a relatively poor clay player relative, you know, all in a relative sense. Like she's still one of the best in the world, but uh, her form on hard court is 
so far and away the best in the women's game. They, you know, she she should be odds-on favorite to win every Australian Open and U.S. Open for in perpetuity, at least until someone else comes along. Um, but she tends to underperform on clay. And I think she just gets tired of getting asked the same questions, which is, you know, why can't you win on clay? <laughs> She's like, I don't know why I can't win on clay. I don't want to answer these questions anymore. And it's it's crazy that, that it played out to this extreme where they, you know, where they threatened to throw her out and then she decides to, well, then fine, I quit. Um, but I didn't expect a ton from her here anyway, just because the surface doesn't really uh, mm-hmm. sing to her strengths. And she was the number two seed. She was the, you know, the, the, high, the, the highest likelihood player coming out of the fourth quarter by the odds market. And I never really bought into that, uh, that high of a grade on her at this tournament. I, had a, I have a pretty substantial um, play on Paula Bedosa to come out of the fourth quarter. Uh, she's a young Spanish gal who is absolutely sublime on clay. She, you know, just a very, very true talent. Uh, for this surface, uh, she's going to have a breakout tournament, in my opinion. And really, Osaka deciding to leave really saved her the embarrassment of getting absolutely handled by Bedosa in round three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it it didn't none none of the uh, none of it really changed my opinion of how the tournament shakes out. Um, that said, the the draw is lopsided big time. All of the best women's players are on the top half of the draw. The bottom half of the draw is kind of a who's who of out of form players, people withdrawing, people getting hurt. Uh, you know, another known, you know, relative known name, former uh, Wimbledon champion uh, Petra Kvitova withdrew with injury. She was one of the seeded players on the bottom half. Uh, mm-hmm. If you saw Serena Williams play last night, she's pretty clearly well below her peak form. Uh, you know, that we yeah. would think of in years past. And, you know, these, these, that, that really should leave the door wide open on the bottom half for someone, to, you know, like a Bedosa to, to really emerge and, and uh, claim some glory here. There you um, go. I would also, I would also look at, uh, there's a Belarusian gal named Arena Sabalenka. Uh, who is just now you're just listening. now you're just showing off. You just, you're just you just want to keep saying the look names. at all these names we I want, can pronounce. Yeah, like, like really, like I see what he's doing here, Ronji. Like you yeah. know, you're supposed to ask him about the NBA. I throw him a softball, lob it up there, and he snags. <laughs> but now he's showing off, saying all the names. Go ahead, yep, Chris, yep. take it away. Yeah, if you haven't seen Sabalenka play though, she is like a she is like an Amazon warrior, like. I don't know, five eleven, absolutely, you know, yoked and uh, very, very strong, powerful service game. Uh, she's probably now your top choice on the bottom half. Um, if she can, you know, if she can kind of keep keep her wits about her, I think she probably comes out of the third quarter, and then it's between Sabalenka and Bedosa to make the final there. All of this Chris, being said, Chris, Chris. Drew, we're supposed to ask you about the NBA. We're 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 in for the substitute teacher here, and you took over. Let us ask you about the basketball for a second. We're running out of time. Well, I just got. Let me let me put a let me put a cherry on this and tell you that all of us who's going to come out of the bottom and this Naomi Osaka being out and, and all of the the narrative around it. None of this is going to matter because the best women's play tennis player in the world, best women's player we've seen since Steffi Graf in the '80s, is Iga Swiatek out of Poland. And uh, she's on the That's top. That's it. We're out of time. That's it. He's doing it again. I don't even know how to spell what you said. <laughs> Chris, ask him about the Lakers and the Suns. Right. Or something, please. <laughs> let's let's talk about the Lakers and the Suns. 
Uh, how, how are we handicapping uh, Lakers and Suns here when we don't know the status of AD? We don't know, uh, you know, I, I suppose LeBron is okay, um, but his ankle is never going to be 100% before the season is over. How are we handicapping the game tonight and that series? Yeah, LeBron is uh, is really in a tight spot here, huh? I think uh, the Stars and Scrub unit they put together there is finally going to get tested. I look at the current market at uh, Phoenix minus five, and that tells me AD is not going to play. Yes. Uh, usually when there is a market and there is a true 50-50 proposition on a player who is as important as Anthony Davis, the books will kind of shoot for the middle and let the let the market decide one way or the other. They didn't even bother. They just went straight out to Phoenix minus five. If we saw Phoenix minus two and a half or something like that, that would tell you it really was 50-50 because with 80 out there, this would be Lakers as a small favorite or pick them. With 80 out, uh, Phoenix minus five is a reasonable fair price. And this game and this series really then now boils down to, you know, what is LeBron's ceiling in terms of his ability to produce offensively? Um, because the rest of this Lakers crew really struggles. I mean, if they're if they are, you know, they play great team defense, and I get it. Without Anthony Davis, that get takes a, a meaningful step backwards. Uh, KCP back for the Lakers tonight will be a big deal. His his absence was absolutely felt in Game Four, I thought. Um, and so it really just boils down to: Can you have any positive shooting night for any of these role players? We have yet to see KCP have a hot night from three. We have yet to see Dennis Schroeder uh, give us a, a reasonable offensive performance in this series. And it's going to, you know, similarly, Kyle Kuzma has been atrocious. Uh, offensively for them. And that's really the only role he provides for this team. Uh, if any of those three guys or two of those three guys have a solid uh, night on the offensive side of things, then I think you're probably talking about the Lakers eking out a win uh, on their way to eking out a series. Um, but this is a pretty serious problem because, you know, three days ago, this Lakers team was your odds on favorite to win the Western conference. And all of a sudden now they're dogs to win the series. And yeah, the, the for sure, if you put Anthony Davis back in, in a do or die game six, if you're down three, two, um, yes, he could get re-injured. Yes. It, you know, the injury could be more serious. It could impact you probably the start of next season. Um, but I think with your backs against the wall, if you're the Lakers, you probably do force the issue with AD in game six and game seven, uh, and then just cross your fingers that he can, you know, that he can hang and, uh, be available in future rounds of the playoffs. I mean, they could take the alternative approach, which is to say, well, if we don't have a healthy AD, we're not going anywhere anyway. So we might as well just see if we can get it done with these guys and, and try to have a healthy AD for round two and beyond. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty precarious situation that the Lakers find themselves in. I will never really ever doubt LeBron and his ability to get a, a unit of, um, you know, of, of lesser players to an NBA finals after seeing what he did with the Cavaliers in uh, what was that 2018, uh, where he dragged the J.R. Smith crew uh, to, uh, to an overtime loss in game one against the super warriors. Uh, before losing that series four zero, I mean, if he got that got those, if he got that crew to the finals, uh, I could see him still pulling it off, even in a very competitive Western Conference Man, here without Anthony Davis. But it's going to be tough. He's he's older now. He's beat up. Ronji said it that the ankle's not right. I don't think they win this series. I said it before, but then when you see AD and him play, okay, they can take over a game, and they they are the best two man combo. But you know, it's not white men can jump. There's more guys on the court, and you can't. You you you're not at the playground down at the you know beach. But tell Raji about betting unders in, oh, in yeah. the NBA. Yeah. Like like what is going on, Drew? Like why? Because I I I 
you know, used to. I had a bad night, okay? Like, let's, no, let's no, stop, I'm just stop talking just, about I, it. I, I'm just bringing it up because, like, you want to bet unders. You, you know, in the book, there's value, there's different things. True. The oddsmakers aren't adjusting the totals. I mean, are you no. watching the games? Like, what, why are are the books not moving the number? Like, I, and I got a lot of friends in the business that are still doing it every day. And I'm like, okay. Why aren't you making his total? I mean, the Lakers total notwithstanding, that that's at least re, been adjusted down. But tell me yeah. what you're thinking when you're looking at these totals when you when you bet every night or or you look at games. Yeah, I mean, in in my my general take is that uh, kind of the most valuable plays on games two, three, and potentially even game four of a given series are totals because you are stuck with an anchor on that game one total that is tough to move off of, right? Mm. You know, you, once you establish a fair total in game one, it's tough to move off of that anchor. Right. And you can look deep, you know, if you, if you, if you line a two twenty or something like that in game one and you get 235 points or something like that, and the overbetters are all happy and everybody's like, Oh, this is going over again. You know, like you have to respect the fact that it closed two twenty, and you can only move at 222, 223. Right. And, and, and there are some games where you can look at what happened in the game one. Uh, I'll, I'll use the jazz in the Memphis game. Memphis series okay. is kind of the key here, right? Okay. That jazz Memphis game one, the jazz shot, miserably from three Terrible. the pace was yeah you know, they they were miserable from three and you know they didn't have donovan mitchell and they they still made it over the total and you look at that and you're like oh my god like if they have a positive regression <laughs> shooting and they get donovan mitchell back like this shouldn't be a two or three point adjustment on the over it should be like 10 points at least you know and at least, and sure enough, so you just go hammer, hammer, hammer over on that game two. Uh, it, I think game two had like something like 270 points with Mitchell back in. Yeah, <laughs> and and then you say, okay, well now what do you do as a bookmaker? You've already made an adjustment up. Your now your new closing total is 223 or 225 or whatever it was. You know how much more can you even go? Uh, and you know they they oh. adjusted a couple more points. It sails over in game three. Adjusted a couple more points. It sails over in game four. You know now you have a four game sample where you just haven't been anywhere close to the right total. Uh, you've adjusted it up, 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 up. Uh, you finally saw some signs in, I thought game game four of that series where the pace finally slowed down a bit. Uh, and you know, now you have to ask yourself, what do we hang for game five? It's going back to Utah. It's going to be back at elevation. There hasn't been a lot of rest for these players. Uh, they're starting to figure out a couple of defensive keys. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll hang a two twenty six, and it gets bet down half a point. And so now you're, yeah, now you're, now you're completely it, exposed to just an it, under bonanza. It's horrible. And, you know, we got we, we got 30 seconds, so I'm going to ask you quick. If the anchor's bad, you know, you, you, you just you got to get off the boat. Like, the anchor can take the whole thing down. Yeah. Would you yeah. bet Boston – you got you got 20 seconds. Would you bet Boston plus 12 and a half tonight or just let the game go? I probably would. Uh, oh, I, you're, I, that's I, another anchor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably would. I, I don't know that uh, you're going to get a Boston wave the white flag type of performance, even if they are losing by quite a lot in the second half here. Uh, you know, they, they they tend to fight hard to the final whistle, even if they're down by those double digits. So I can I can see them getting inside that number. Drew, Go hit some tennis. Take them to break. Well, now you have the, the five second answer here, Drew. Uh, can anybody at the French Open play stretch five for the Sixers? 
<laughs> oh no. man! No, my goodness. Okay. No, I don't. All right. Well, sorry, Drew. I, they pay. Sean Zarillo's next on Beck QL Daily. <laughs>